You're listening to the Delay of Game podcast with your hosts, Matt and Wit. Hey everybody, welcome back to a post-Thanksgiving episode of the Delay of Game podcast. It's your boys, Wit and... It's Matt. What's up, everybody? Guys, I don't know about you, but my Thanksgiving was all that I could possibly want out of a day. I cooked, ate, slept, watched football, humped, fell asleep again. <laughs> like I, It was the perfect day. That is a pretty great day. I appreciate, as far as I know, that they canceled the Washington <laughs> and Cowboy, Dallas game. Right? I remember there was a Cowboys game. I don't think, I don't another, think another professional team showed up. Team right? showed up. There you go. Yeah, Washington that took sounds about the week right. off. It was nice of them to give them Thanksgiving break and let somebody well, else. The I think that's. Them. I think that's a, a fan outreach type situation. <laughs> like they recognize that they don't. They don't need to be in control of your complete mentals uh, over the holiday season. <laughs> so that that says a lot about the the organization right there for sure. That's yeah. I, I appreciate it. new ownership doing things right by the fans. So. <laughs> But my Thanksgiving, outside of maybe that three-hour block, which I don't remember for some reason, uh, it's just like mm-hmm. it goes from the other game to the one game. Is just there's nothing that happened in the middle. Uh, oh, it was just a like really good spot? Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was just I don't know, like a brownout maybe. Did someone does someone root for you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> you should have been checking your sure drinks, a man. Brownout is from drinking lots of brown liquor. Oh, got it, got it, got the it. Name, the brownout, not the blackout. The blackout? Mm, that's when you have sex with a black dude. You don't <laughs> that's remember. what I was about to say. Whitney was like, I'm going to help you with that one. <laughs> true deed. Oh, it's true. It's true. Now that we've educated everyone on the different variations of passing out. Yes. Let's jump into some football. We had some great games again this week, right? It's been awesome. It's lots of fun. Lots of surprises. As usual, the season has just been full of them. It's, it's true. Pretty and nuts. You're absolutely right. And I don't think there's any better way than to start off with the earliest surprise of the slate of games this past week. That would be the Packers and the Lions. We were both wrong on this. Very wrong. Packers came to fucking play. Damn. Damn. <laughs> like I stepped away because I was like smoking a turkey, right? Stepped away. Game just started. Came back in, mixed some stuff up. I look over, it's like 20 to 6. I'm like, what the fuck? How did that happen? Dude. I mean, I can tell you, turnovers. At, right? That That's the killer. It always is. But this was at halftime. I felt like this is a game the Lions come back for them. And we see the second half resiliency. And they almost pulled it off. They almost they did. fought back. I was like, oh, let's see if it happens. But no, the Packers hold on. Just, what, three fumbles lost by Goff on the sacks? Oh, yeah. That's like, just hard to overcome. Which is wild because I, like many NFL viewers, thought that the Detroit Lions had one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Evidently not because they had Penny Sewell on a turntable. Like, everybody was feasting that day between the DBs with the, the scooping scores. I think there was an interception. The sacks, like, they were just going crazy. I think it's in division game. They game planned it well. Or maybe the Lions were looking past them. The Lions haven't had this problem in other games. And the Packers you know, aren't known for doing this. You're right. And I don't think there's anything that sums up people's expectation and the Lions completely shrinking to the challenge 
than the post-game turkey. I don't know if you heard this, Matt, but as everyone knows, Jordan Love and the Packers team did not get a chance to have their turkey leg, which is tradition. Turns out Fox had two turkeys. The first one, uh, Greg also stuck his grubby little hands in and completely fucked. (laughs) And the second one had the Detroit Lions logo in it because the uh, Fox broadcast expected the Lions to win. (laughs) (laughs) they didn't even have one for the Packers no that's insane nothing no so they had to walk away empty-handed no turkey no stuffing no pie just a win I mean a win's pretty damn good but that doesn't fill your belly I I do like food especially if somebody else was cooking it and making it and giving it to right like think about it like as a football watcher for many many years you finally get your opportunity to play on one of the most traditional stages that's that's what you want to do you want to take a bite of the turkey leg and fox nah they they just now we're not doing that they messed that up i mean there is nothing more traditional than the packers getting a w over the lions on thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) that is accurate matt that is accurate you know i think this was a really good opportunity for jordan love to come out and just kind of put people to to rest about his play the past what six seven weeks because he really came out and had a great game he's been down a lot people i think have started to dogpile on him just shows that there's potentials there we've seen that though can it be consistent from week to week he's still young exactly. in his career though so let's give him time he's one of those guys i want to see more film on before mm-hmm. i can make any sort of real determination See, and I think that's a very rational approach to take as opposed to, I want to say your take on Sam Howell. You need to see nothing else. You know, he is the guy. Sam Howell, future Hall of Famer, put some respect (laughs) on his name. Dude leads the league. And interceptions, I know. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to lead the league in yards, sometimes you got to throw some interceptions. That's fair. Can't always play it safe. Like okay, some I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to just take the opportunity <laughs> to pop shots. That's on me. My bad. I don't want to derail us. This was more hey, about the, the Packers and Lions. I was just going to say, if Dak played against Deron Bland twice a year, <laughs> he would also have more interceptions as well. You know, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Like the way Deron Bland's playing, like we're going to get into that later, but you might be honest on that. <laughs> Just a little, yeah, there you go. So his face is very different competition. But the Packers, you have to love what you saw in Jordan Love. I still, I don't know, like this season is such a bad season. You know, is he showing enough for the new head coach that I think is inevitably coming for them? Ooh. That's a bigger question. I don't know if he's done that yet, considering they're what? Five and six. They're kind of in that no man's land, though, for getting a new quarterback. So they're probably stuck with Love. Well, I think they're stuck with love, not only for that reason, but also they just gave him an extension, right? You've only had this season to see what he can do. It'd be one thing if he went out there and looked like Zach Wilson. Yeah, he's like, not him. Zach Wilson's never had a game like that, right? So I think Jordan Love has shown that he deserves the opportunity to grow and maybe develop a little bit more. But there is one thing you cannot deny, and that is the arm strength. That dude can put that shit through a keyhole. Which is great. Like We love... You know, you want to have good arm strength. You want to have great accuracy, for sure. But he's showing what Zach Wilson is not, which is that the game isn't too big. Yeah. So it's not just the stats that he's doing. It's the fact that he's able to look comfortable 
under center, and at least in some of these games. That's true. That's very true. So, you know, I think that is an important uh, an important component to playing the uh, the position, right? Not just being able to understand the game, but having the confidence that if things don't go your way, to keep trying. Yeah. So we can see that some early season struggles. You know, this is one game, but it's a good you know progress. We're seeing progression. We're seeing that it's not just continuing. So. Any young quarterback's going to have some stretches where they're bad. Maybe have one or two games where they throw three to four interceptions. You know, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, just saying. You just you feel it out, right? <laughs> you just you just feel it but out. If they can pass the eye test. You know, there's so much of that. Like you watch them. Are they competent? Are they you know? Are they making good reads? Are those things getting better as time goes on? I think Jordan Love. I mean, I saw it last season and just a little bit in this season. I feel like you're still seeing it where there's something there that could develop. Will it? And that's on him, but it could. You know, that's that's fair, right? And I think that was the perfect segue when you talk about young quarterbacks can sometimes have a bad game because we're looking at a up-and-coming quarterback in CJ Stroud who just doesn't have those. Like that <laughs> game that game against the Jags. I, that was another classic. I think we're watching the birth of a, a divisional matchup that's going to go on for generations, and I'm excited for it. So I was wrong about the pick, but the Texans still showed up, man. And so you're right. Oh, CJ yeah. Stroud played a hell of a game yet again. His picks from last week disappeared. Yeah, and he was protected the ball, played well. Yeah, he's Dude. a superstar in the making. Oh, absolutely. Season. He, when you talk about passing the eye test, like it's we've sung his praise, but when you watch him, he just pops, and you can tell like this dude's gonna be real good. I don't care exactly what the adjustments happen; he's still gonna he's gonna kick ass. You know what's wild to me in watching that game? It's like how easily or how quickly an entire franchise can turn around with one player. Right? We're talking about the Texans, who for the past six years have just been annually terrible. One guy comes in, and I'm also going to give credit to D'Amico Ryans, but on the field, one guy has completely shifted the mindset of an entire fan base, an entire portion of that of that state. Like, that's huge. Why and the way this kid is going out and playing, fuck. Which is why we keep seeing people swing at the quarterback position. It's the one that can elevate the rest of the team the best. He's putting them all on his shoulder, lift them up. I mean, he's playing with dudes like Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Yes. Like, uh, Nobody. The way. He, yeah. I was just, go, please finish what you're saying. No, because you're right on it. You're right on it. Elevating those guys. He's taking these no name receivers to like Tank Dell's become like a star before our eyes too. The dude's having a great season. And now he's running like all these. I saw highlights of great routes. They run and they look real good. But now he's yeah. a guy who's going to get there and get them on timing to let him make even bigger plays. Well, and they, I want to say they got him in the second round this past year. So the two of those guys are just going to do nothing but continue to grow their connection. But what he's doing with castoffs like Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, like he is turning these guys into playmakers. Like all they have to do is just get a real defense. Like look into linebacker, look at the secondary. You can get some pieces there. We're talking about a team that is shooting for the division uh, for their divisional title next year easily. They seem to be on the cusp of being one of those teams that are really good that we talk about for a while. Mm-hmm. Really, as long as C.J. Stroud keeps playing like he is, 
Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just me, but let me ask you this, Matt. There's something to be said, like watching a guy play the position and just be like, damn, that dude has it. Mm-hmm. Or watching someone who has been handed the position and been anointed, like, let's say, Mac Jones. You watch him, you're like, that dude does not know how to play this position. And I don't know if it's the cast. I don't know if it's the the support around him. But there is clear differences in these guys' game. Well, there's, it happens every year. We see that from rookie quarterbacks coming in. The ones who pop off the screen and then hit the ground running. And then the ones who languish and are kind of shitty. And you know, Or Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I don't think you could say anything good about that entire quarterback draft class from two years ago, except for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, like Trevor that entire QB been. draft class has been not good. That includes Justin Fields. Just have not been good. Or just well, Fields after that. One of the two. Either way, I mean, there's a difference in, say, Justin Fields and CJ Shroud. If you watch the two games, like oh you watch my God. them side by side, you're going to see a huge difference on the screen. Heck, you're going to see a big difference on Bryce Young and CJ Shroud. It's true. I want to get into that a little bit later, so save sure, your thoughts sure, on that sure. one, okay? But, no, we should... Texans, again, this season's a win with the way C.J. Stroud's playing. Jags, great on them, bouncing back, you know, beating really a quality opponent. You know, they've been... Texans have been super hot lately. Jags mm-hmm. are 8-3. and three. Man. They're kind of slowly eight. making... I keep waving on them because I, I want to believe in them, and then they let me down. Mm-hmm. Eight and three. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more on their train. I'm starting to believe. Fair enough. Fair maybe enough. That they're gonna get hot for the playoffs. So I, it feels like they have that trajectory that the Bills had just before uh, that second or third year with Josh uh, with Josh Allen, where you can see something building, and like next year I think they're primed to just take off. Another year with Doug Peterson. Another draft to get weapons. Like I think. In a year, a year from now, this time, we're going to be talking about them potentially being the number one seed over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the rookie contract oh. having effect, right? Because they're it's able to invest thing. so much cap on weapons. They're throwing tons of money at receiver. It doesn't matter if it's panning out all that well. Like Christian Kirk's playing good, mm-hmm. but not, you know, not $20 million. But doesn't no. matter when you have a $5 million quarterback who's playing like a $50 million quarterback. Exactly. So that's going to keep their window open definitely for a couple years. And then we'll see how they manage. That's kind of what's happening with the Bills. What's happening with the Chiefs. It's just getting harder with those large contracts really coming into their own. And I think we're going to start seeing that affect some of these teams, like you just said, down the line for sure. But just as it stands right now, both of these teams are ascending. And I cannot wait to continue watching the duel between these two quarterbacks. So what happens when you get young quarterbacks on rookie contracts? If you can get it's that true. elite guy, they're differentiators. They make your whole team, which is why we're going to keep seeing so many go in those top five picks. Yep. And now, because we kind of talked about the Bills and their ascension and whatnot, I think it's only right that we pivot to their game, which was probably the most exciting game of the week. Their game against the Eagles? Definitely. That was a great game, even if we absolutely hated the outcome. (sighs) Okay, I have to say it, Matt. At this point, the Josh Allen turnovers, they're a real fucking problem. Like before it was, oh, you got to live with it because you get the hero ball and the big plays where he's making guys miss with his legs. That's great. But 
they lost this game because of that interception. That's why. He also missed quite a bit. You know, his accuracy wasn't great this game. They weren't nearly as Mm -hmm. efficient. But you're right. A lot of it was the turnover that was at crucial times. It seems like he turns over at the wrong time. There's times where you can turn over. It's not a big deal. If it's third and long and you basically do a punt, not the end of the world. If you do it in the goal line, in the red zone, I mean, huge difference. So Huge, huge difference. And then those, like, legit, this game had everything. You had the two missed field goals. You had the overtime. You had the 60-yard field goal. You had the what appeared to be a wide-open for the win touchdown, but there was the miscommunication. Like this game truly had everything. The only thing that didn't happen that I needed was the Eagles to lose. Which the Eagles bullshit win magic like happened again <laughs> with that Bills in overtime had the clear chance to win it because on a touchdown, walk away win. The guy mm-hmm. just missed. They had blown coverage from the secondary, which has been a problem all season. All season. Do you think a team like the Bills could execute that? No problem. Guy wide open, but no, there's on different, ran the wrong route, or at least Josh Allen threw it to a different spot thinking it was going to be different. They right. don't get it. And then, so instead of converting, they kick a field goal. And then, of course, the Eagles do what they always do. Take advantage and produce when they need to. That's their secret sauce. Getting the touchdown when they need to. Okay. I think that is absolutely part of their secret sauce. I think a bigger ingredient to their sauce is the zebras on the field because that was a clear horse, clear horse collar on uh, Josh Allen that they don't call, but somehow called the intentional ground, even though Gabe Davis was right in front of him. That penalty made no goddamn sense. Like that was crazy. The AJ Brown fumble and not a fumble. Like (sighs) the refs I've been saying for a while, wasn't just the commander's game. It's been every week they get some ridiculous call go their way. Something where everyone on Twitter, everyone on the like NFL is like, what? How did the Eagles get that? Yes. It's every well, week. Hell, it was crazy because uh, I think it was Romo and Nance were calling the game. And when the horse collar happened, they were like, oh, they're, wait, where's the flag? Because that was a horse collar. We could see it from the booth. Why? Where? No. Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Wait, intentional grounding? What? Like everybody. Oh, man. Drove me crazy. But give it to the Eagles. They are scrappy. They find a way to stay in games. And if you let them hang around, they're going to make you pay for it. So what I said on uh, somebody had made a comment on that, like on uh, social media, I replied, both things can be true. They can keep getting some really lucky referee, like breaks with the refs. Mm-hmm. But they also are capitalizing on opportunities. They're cap- yes. they're making the plays they need to to win. Other teams also get breaks. They just don't oh, yeah. do anything with them. I think that's a very, very good uh, uh, observation there. Right? Like, I don't want to take it away right. because they do their job when they need to. They'll play ugly football this season. But when they need that drive to win the game, it's almost a guarantee they're going to do it. And I will say this. Jalen Hurts, first half Jalen Hurts was awful second half Jalen Hurts I guess someone got in his ass he was reading social media I don't know but he came out and he was like listen uh you guys are fucking with my MVP shit right now like we got to pull this together and he just goes out there and goes for a total of what five touchdowns oh no he ends up going for 
four touchdowns in the second half total? I believe I was talking about adjustments last week. That I th- yeah. feel they do a great job on adjustments. You are right. And the team who didn't do any adjustments being the Bills, it made them pay for it. Because that uh, the overtime uh, quarterback draw, once the safety started creeping down, they were like, oh, they're not going to play that, are they? Oh, they are. Oh, well, we're about to win. They it's, knew. Yeah, they knew. that They have great coaching, great film study. Unfortunately, like, I hate that this happens. And I guess it's not always great, but they do a great job on adjustments, on picking up some of that stuff, and then taking advantage of it when they need to. Because yeah. they play ugly football like half of the game. Huh. Almost every game. Every game. Every they're kind of having game. this Vikings effect we talked about where they're somehow just pulling out each and every close game. Mm-hmm. Will that survive in the playoffs against the best of the best? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they have some concerns. I would agree. I would agree with you, Matt, there. And I think that's a, a good segue into some of the headlines, right? Because and I want to get your opinion on this. Are we going to see the same type of, I guess, follow-up season collapse that the Vikings had this year from as opposed to last year in the Eagles? Because they're doing the exact same thing. They're winning these close games. I can't see that being something that translates into the next season. some point, you're going to get a regression back to the normal. Now, the Vikings were avoiding a little bit of that with Kirk Cousins there. Mm-hmm. With Josh Dobbs, he had that first week magic, but now that's starting to wear off. Ooh, last week was or last night was ugly. But I mean, the Eagles are—they have one loss, and I yeah. think my bold prediction from a few weeks ago—they might only have two or three more. Like they might, they might go 13, 14, 15 wins. It's possible. Are they going to pull that off next year? I think they're going to have a much harder time. They're still going to be a good football team, probably closer to that 11, 12 win mark than like fifteen. Mm-hmm. But that's a pretty big difference when it comes to like you're a playoff team trying to make that Super Bowl run. Exactly. And I know I'm probably getting ahead of my skis here, but I think what happens is they have this great season. They become the number one seed. I don't think they lose in the divisional round. They probably lose in the championship round. And then next season, we're talking about them again. Like, uh, can they get it done? Everything changes from this team is the one to beat to uh, they've been there twice and they can't do it. Is, is, is it is it time to maybe look someplace else? Starts to be like Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid. And Andy right? Reid. Yeah. They keep getting close to the dance, but they never pull it off. Like I could see that. And then as Jalen Hurts' cap starts carrying over more and more, we're going to mm-hmm. see less of the crazy maneuvers that uh, Rosen. Uh, Howard, yeah. Howard, Howie Rosen Howie has Rosen, been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just going to get harder and harder as more of their cap is getting taken up. I mean, essentially, at some point, Devontae Smith is going to get paid, and they're already paying A.J. Brown a whole bunch of money. Do you think they pay Devontae Smith? No, but then you have to hope you draft the next guy who can be that, like, 1B dude. That's yeah. not easy to do. They missed not a whole bunch of receivers before they drafted Devontae Smith. Exactly. And then even then, they had to go out and get a guy to compliment Devontae Smith. Yeah, he wasn't enough of himself. So that's hard to consistently build that roster. So we've seen them been aggressive to try to keep their window open for a while. Eventually it's going to close. And when you're this aggressive, I think it closes pretty quickly. So let me ask you this. Like you're talking about this team and the way they've been able to be aggressive and make these moves and the praise and accolades that they're getting. And rightfully so. Where are you with the Jalen Smith MVP talk? 
Jalen Smith. MVP? I'm sorry, oh, Jalen Hurts. Okay. My bad. Jalen Hurts, because I know that uh, Jalen Smith is our D tackle, right? I mean, he's been getting some praise. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, you're, you're, you're thinking of Jalen Carter. Carter, there we go. You got yeah, me no, Jalen Hurts. My bad. I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts MVP guy. I see so many other people doing more. I get why though, because the NFL media loves a team that wins, and yeah. they look to their quarterback immediately and be like, "Well, must be him." Mm-hmm. I don't see it that way. I'm a fly out. I wouldn't have him in my top five. Whoa, top five. I don't have that list offhand, but <laughs> I'm just saying, like you're saying that there's five people in the NFL better than Jalen Hurts because I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I 100 agree with you. And that's not my bias. I can't acknowledge good football. I just I don't think he is the most valuable football player. I think if you're looking at most valuable player, yeah, because he's we've talked about it. He's helped out by AJ Brown a ton by the best O line or maybe the second best O line in football. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going his way to help him get to his game. He's still a good player and he does a lot of things good. But is he top five? I don't. I don't see it. Yeah. I, I, it, it just drives me fucking crazy when we're talking about a guy who went into the, the half with a 0.0 QBR that he is the, the running favorite for MVP. It's, now. And just the whole, it's what I said just a second ago. They're winning, therefore it must be him. The Eagles are very much a team that's winning, not an individual mm-hmm. player. It's a, they're playing as a team to find ways to win. That's true. That's so. I think you are you hit the nail on the head there, Matt. So also again, I keep saying coaching like they know what they're intelligent on things like going for it when it's marked to go for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. like that fourth and short where it's a ninety percent you know uh, success rate or higher. Why would you not do it? But yeah. other teams don't. It's insane. So those sort of smart decisions also build. So you know what? maybe coach of the year. Much more uh, than MVP. Please do not give Nick Sirianni coach of the year. I'm not saying he should be. I'm just saying uh, to go this many wins, it's a lot more, I think, on the coach. Okay, that's fair. At least in this situation. So we briefly talked about it, and you brought up coaching. I have yet to get a thank you because my team caused your team <laughs> to fire a coach. I do greatly appreciate their efforts for that. <laughs> It was, I mean, it was a joint effort on several teams. It takes a lot to get Mr. Ron Rivera to do shit, to do anything. That's true. That is accurate. But you guys were the nail in the coffin. You pushed it over the top. Jack Del Rio is finally fired. I can finally see maybe if this defense is better without him. But apparently Ron's taking over defensive yeah. calls. So I don't necessarily have a whole lot of hope in that. Isn't Jack Del Rio's defense the same kind that Ron Rivera was running when Jack DeRio was his linebackers coach in San Diego. I would think so. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have a ton of hope if they had elevated somebody else Mm -hmm. and like, Hey, maybe this guy's going to bring some different ideas or some new ideas, fresh ideas. No. One thing I didn't think about, they did fire the D backs coach as well. They Mm -hmm. had replaced one from last year who I think got promoted and went somewhere else. That could be a big factor on just how poorly this defensive backfield has played, like the secondary. Okay. But you could very well be right. My, I don't know here, who to replace them. Sorry. Here's my question, though. It's like, as the head coach, you make the final say, right? 
So you're telling me that you watched Jack Del Rio trot out that defense week in and week out and didn't have shit to say. So you fired him to do the same thing or implement your style. Oh, you think that there would have been meetings been like pulling up the film and just be like, explain to me why you did this. Why did you call you go. that play? And why did it give up a touchdown? Yeah. I know that would take all day to do that on every single one. Like that's a lot of film to go through. I don't hours give a damn. In hours. Do but not you give think a damn. That would have happened months ago. Like you are absolutely, if it's me, I'm and I'm Ron Rivera. I'm calling Jack Del Rio into my room. Like your parents did whenever you were young, how they knew you'd already fucked up and they wanted to give you the opportunity <laughs> to tell you how, how you fucked up. Like, that's exactly what I would have been like. Hey, hey, Jack, let me talk to you for a second, boss. Like, so how was your weekend? Oh, good. Good, good, good. Okay. Hey, let me ask you a question about this. Uh, this coverage you ran out here. <laughs> what were you thinking? And then he's like, oh, well, uh, I forgot. You forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that A.J. Brown was man-to-man with, with Emmanuel Forbes. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You know what? I can, I can forgive that one. I can forgive that one, Jack. <laughs> then he's going to throw can... out a, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> or, uh, I didn't hear you. So. <laughs> uh, no, oh, my God. I don't have a lot of hope. Just, uh, you know, kind of put a pin in that. We'll see. Well, so, so I would I would be excited to see if you guys allow Emmanuel Forbes to play his natural position, let him get out there and maybe not cover the one, let him build back up his confidence. Play some zone would be great. Yeah. So this leads me into something that I wanted to run by you. Yeah. Just calling an audible, something I thought of. We Do saw it. our first head coach firing at the Panthers. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of look at these bottom basement teams Okay. And get our assessment. Like, is it the coach? Should the coach be fired? Like in the Panther situation? Not saying that it was, you know, he was fired. Or is it a roster? Is it a talent issue? Or maybe some combination of the both. Like the Panthers, I would argue, is much more of a talent situation. Like roster is not great. I don't know what a new head coach brings just firing your head coach brings to the table. Right. And the only and the other part of that is you had the same opportunity to interview these same guys for this pool last year, and none of them wanted the job. So who, what are you going to do now? It doesn't make sense. I, this firing was 100% the personnel. Yeah, it was on that, them. It was that's the it. bad owner taking out, like, well, I can't fire my football team in the middle of the season, so I'll yeah. just fire my head coach. I'm right? guessing there was some internal stuff about CJ about Stroud and Bryce Young, because we all know yeah. he wanted C.J. Stroud. Yep. Like, I think that's, that is definitely a, like a, a point of contention within the Panthers community that I've seen, right? The other thing that really sticks out to me is when you have these top picks and you miss. Like, uh, oh, what's his name? Not Bryce Young, but the year before that, they drafted the left tackle, Ikwamu, I think, from NC State. That dude, he had a decent rookie year. He's completely fallen apart this year. So maybe that's what they're seeing. Like they're not seeing development that they want from some of these young guys. But that wasn't Frank Wright's draft. No, he didn't like, draft him. So but like, maybe it's like, well, he's not working with our personnel. But but then I feel you like knew not that a lot of personnel when you trade away DJ Moore, right? He's having a like, pretty good year with the Bears. 
so I actually, I'm glad you brought it up because I was watching uh, an interview or something that Charles Tap, uh, Tepper did. And he said that initially they were prepared to trade up to the number two pick to take CJ Stroud. But when that fell apart, they pivoted to the number one pick where they still could have taken CJ Stroud, but they took Bryce Young. That's so dumb. Sorry, so, Panthers fans. Yeah, the Panthers shafted. were completely prepared to follow their gut and go with CJ Stroud. But then I think it's one of those situations whenever you you have big dra- uh, big draft day trades, the pressure is like, oh, I, I can't afford to miss. This guy's supposed to be the next guy. I can't. What if I miss on him? I got to. I just got to do it. I got to do it. It and, was the, yeah, the conservative. This is everyone else's favorite. So we should do it. But you got to trust yourself, right? I don't, yeah. I don't get it. So moving on, though. So Panthers, mm-hmm. I think we both agree is much more about personnel. Yes. Let's look at the other like worst teams. Cardinals, coaching, mm. personnel, both. I think it's I'm, personnel. I'm leaning personnel as well. I don't think we have to harp too much. I mean, they're just pretty devoid. They have nothing. All right, I want to stick in the NFC for this one. I'll take your take. Okay. What? See what you think. The third worst team right now in the NFC is the Commanders, coaching mm. or personnel, or both. I'm gonna go with both. Yes, because I think you've got pieces, but. For whatever reason, you can't you can't get them all on the same page, and I'm talking more so on your defense. Like you've got Cam Curl, Benjamin St. Juice, guys who are, who should be playing, well. yeah, who should be playing well, but it's just not working out. You can't, for the life of you, get the uh, the linebacking situation taken care of. You've shored up the interior of def- your defensive line, but then you let your exterior pass rushers go, which made sense. You weren't going to be able to pay him long term sense, but yeah, I get it. So I think it's a personnel issue, but it's also also a, definitely a coaching issue. That was my thought, too, because also you neglected to talk about how they just completely let the O-line fall apart, oh. which we consider to be an incredibly important position. No, no, Matt. They didn't let it fall apart. They completely neglected yeah. it. Negligent. Like, yeah. It's gross negligence and how bad they let this O-line get. So I think it's a little bit of both. I agree. So I think... This is a team which hopefully, if you can address, you know, good coaching and then a couple of players, maybe it gets better. Since you are a resident commander fan, let me ask you: Did they draft an offensive lineman in the draft this past year? They drafted one in the third, a Got center it. who has not seen. I don't know if he's played at all yet. Got it. Oof. Mm. They passed on everything, and now, of course, we have commanders fans who, since we're top five, are like, let's take offense. Like a receiver or a tight end. Oh, my God. Oh, no, just get a lineman and then draft a dude. <laughs> no, Matt, listen to these people. Okay, trade up all your assets and you go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Please, go get him. Because <laughs> I would love to watch him have sideline tantrums about not being able to get the ball. Bengals, you know, should they take a tackle? Uh, well, I can't remember who was coming out. It was Panay Sewell, Sewell and yeah. Jamar Chase. Or Jamar Chase. I feel like with how much... Joe Burrow's being hurt. I kind of maybe right. Agreed. Also, you still had T. Higgins, right? And you had Tyler Boyd. And you could have just drafted a receiver in the third. <laughs> Much easier to get those than it is a generational tackle. So hard because they don't ever leave either. There's just not that many of them. All right. Bouncing to the AFC real quick. Patriots. Okay. Oh, My man. thoughts, it's both. Because they have a terrible roster and, at this point, terrible coaching. I don't know if you can make it. 
you know what? I'm going to take it, do you one better. Sure. I think it's terrible roster, terrible coaching, terrible organization. Oh, damn. Yeah, Pull out because the trifecta. There's no way that Robert Kraft is comfortable with what he's seeing. And if he is, that makes him an idiot. And if he's not, <laughs> that makes him an idiot for not making a move. So I think it's a trifecta there. Like there is incompetency sprinkled throughout that entire organization. Starts at the Bold. top and then it pyramids its way down. We have been seeing some declines with Belichick for a couple of years now, I feel like. So maybe the ownership should have stepped in before then, right? Is that when you say declines, do you mean like in his teams or do you mean like his coaching ability? I think like specifically, I guess what I'm saying that is like his ability to spot players and be the GM. Because he he has has never been good at it. No, he's he had Tom Brady to carry him. Exactly. Now that they're gone, everyone's like, oh shit, he's not really good at this. That's it. And I think Alex Smith this past weekend hit the nail on the head. They were in the weakest division in football for a long time. Think about it. The te- oh, what was it? The uh, the, Dolphins, the Dolphins, the Bills, Jets, Bills, and the Jets. They were terrible for years and years and years. For a long time. So he got a lot of grace because that's six wins right there. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tom Brady, who's going to get you another six, eight, nine more wins. Makes right? you look pretty damn good. Exactly. So it didn't matter that you sucked at drafting because you were always drafting at the end of every round. Yeah, it's true. Mm-mm. All right. Mm-mm. Next team, Jets. Okay. Four and seven. Oh. Obviously, they have a QB issue. But oh, yeah. now I'm seeing a lot of heat for Robert Sala. Do you think it's that's a- justified? Yes, it's absolutely a coaching issue because he has repeatedly gone out and put that team in a worse position every week. By refusing to address the elephant in the room at the quarterback position. It'd be one thing if you saw something from Zach Wilson prior to Aaron Rodgers going down where you felt like he's taken a step. But after two weeks of seeing the exact same Zach Wilson, you should have made a move to go get a guy. That There is no way around it. Even and, if it's a, like, well, the GM didn't do it. I think as a head coach, you need to make that happen. You yeah. also need to be able to prepare a backup. We've seen... Several backups, Tommy DeVito, win games <laughs> for their team. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they haven't been able to. You're telling me that you're fielding a elite level defense with a quarterback who had a touchdown inter- interception ratio in college of one in 13. Which are also you serious? Does kind of feel like a GM roster issue. <laughs> oh my God. Like, Ooh. like, oh God damn, they had dude. That I, much faith. And Aaron Rodgers to play the full season that they did not care at all about the backups. 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Like, so let's not forget that. organizational failure, in my mind, that you did not have at least somebody with a, medi- a, a modicum, like just a tiny bit of competence to be a backup. Oh, yeah. That's all they needed. It was just somebody who could remotely play football. Thank at you. the quarterback position. And they have no one outside of Rodgers. Nope. And they were perfectly content rolling into the season with that. That's that's a GM issue, I agree, but it's more so a Robert Sala issue to me because he continued to just bludgeon us with that nonsense that we believe in Zach. He should have been more forthcoming. And maybe, even though at that point, said something to the media about it, right? He kind of maybe, I think there was one week we talked about where he felt like he hinted. Mm-hmm. He would come out and just say, like, I need a difference at quarterback. 
And I'm yeah. going to throw this on the owner. I, I don't care. At this point, his job is coming on the line because of this quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So I would be fighting for it. All right. Last team I want to look at real quick is do the bottom three on both. That's the Josh. Chargers. Oh, they're four and seven. They are the third worst team based on tiebreakers and everything. I mean, to me, it seems pretty obvious. Well, before you answer, really think about it. Both sides of the ball. Is it really that obvious? It's coaching. Okay. Brandon Staley, and then your boy, an offensive coordinator. uh, What's his name? Kellen Kellen Moore. Moore. I blame both of them. Okay. No, you can't. You cannot blame Kellen Moore because he's not playing defense. That's true. Okay. I agree with you that that offense isn't isn't gating you the wins, right? But it's not because you don't have an offense. Justin Herbert is playing very well, right? He's still doing a good job. He's uh, Quez Johnson, or what was his name? Quentin Johnson. He's a Quentin Johnson drop away from having a huge ga- uh, huge comeback win last week, right? So I don't think it's the problem. I think it is, though, both. Of course, Brandon Staley, that hard-headed motherfucker. Like, we loved his aggressiveness when he came in, but it's been his downfall because he doesn't know how to read a situation. He doesn't have... He's the opposite of like the Eagles. He doesn't, he takes the chances at the wrong times. Exactly. What we're seeing. We're not taking like the high probability. Oh, this will keep the drive going. This should probably get a touchdown. He's like fourth and eight. Fuck it. Let's go for it. Fuck it. Go for it. Let's, what was it? Fourth and 13. And they did that. Uh, what was that? That uh, it was like the double pass. It worked and it was cool to watch. But that's some Kellen Moore. I was like, about to say, that's goofy Kellen Moore right there. Yeah, that's goofy <laughs> Kellen Moore Boise State bullshit. So I just I don't like the coaching, and I I think they have a problem with personnel on the uh, defensive side of the ball. Well, it's the defense not fitting what they want to do. I think they had good players, but then have put them all out of position. It's kind of like the commanders. Okay. I think there's some players there just being utilized completely wrong. So. I would agree with that partially. Like I mean, Joey it's been Bosa, three years at this point, so it's. I mean, I yeah, there's some expect- like yeah. Joey Bosa. He is a guy who you should be talking about, just like his brother, right? Derwin James was one of the top safeties in the league. Now, outside of those two guys, maybe Khalil Mack. Can you name anybody else? They tried J.C. Jackson, and then they were like, "Hey, listen, we fucked that up," right? Yeah. I just. I have an issue with their personnel as well. And and I've gone downhill. It's hard to know for sure because it was so good. And then second, Brandon Staley comes in and changes it. It got terrible. Accurate. A guy who was supposed to be known for his defense. Yeah. It definitely had stars and had some great players. And then he comes around and then everyone falls off the map. Boo. All right. God, I really wanted that to work out. Something I just wanted to run through real quick. We don't get a chance to talk about them a ton. Whoa. You forgot one other team. Oh, okay. The Raiders. Oh, we can talk about them. Well, I did the bottom you, three, I think. Of That's each uh, yeah. of each conference? But we can talk about them. My bad. My bad. Okay. I'm just curious. Like, Do you think the Raiders have a good personnel? Like a good roster? Ooh. That's a tough question. They are playing a lot better with Antonio Pierce as head coach now. Mm-hmm. So I can't say. like, If Josh McDaniels is there, it's easy to be like, well, it's obviously coaching. Right, and that's what I—that's why I brought it up because he's not there. I think and, their roster has some issues. Okay. I still have to imagine it's—you know—it's hard on a interim head coach as mm-hmm. well. 
Oh, but definitely. If you have Jimmy G as your quarterback, then you have a pretty glaring roster problem. <laughs> I love that. That was the first thing he did. Like Antonio Pierce, the first thing he said when he came out was like, nah, we're going with Aiden O'Connell. We're yeah, going so with the rookie from Purdue. That's tough to win with. So, I mean, he yeah. at least addressed it, but you had a backup rookie who no one's expecting much of anything from. It's going to be tough to win a bunch of games. You have some talent on the offense and the defense. So I think this is the team, if you get the right coach and you add some more pieces to it, it could be competitive for sure. I'm curious if they have the pieces on offense next year. That's true. Because I can't see a scenario where they want to keep, where Devontae Adams wants to stay there. And Josh Jacobs, I think it was just a one-year extension. Yeah, we're gonna I don't think they're going to pay him. Again, as a running back, that's hard. And you're right. With Devontae Adams being a guy who's basically uncoverable, if you have a good quarterback to throw him the ball 20 times, yeah, but they don't have that. So it's tough. That's and what I mean. Do you want to pay him? So I think they might have to go into almost a rebuild mode, but the team as of right now, outside of quarterback has some players. If they had a really good quarterback. I think they could at least be competitive in a tough division. That's fair. That That's fair. And I, I think we're seeing, especially with the Derek Carr trade, that obviously quarterbacking <laughs> has been a problem for that, for the entire organization for a long time. Definitely. So. All right. Well, there you go. Cool. Let's look ahead to next week. Okay. All right. Well, I've got one that I want to ask your opinion on. Okay. So the first game of the week on Thursday, the Cowboys against the Seahawks. Who are you taking? Ooh, Cowboys and Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I can tell you who my bet's on. My bet's <laughs> on the Cowboys. They have been Nine and a half, dude. Nine on, and a half. That's the spread. I got them at seven and a half. I feel real good about that. Oh, okay. They've been on a roll, and the Seahawks have kind of been lingering. Like, they haven't been as good lately. Okay. Okay. I mean, the defense is obviously playing lights out, and that offense has gotten on a roll for the Cowboys. I have to go with them. It's a safe pick, but I'm not going to be that much of an underdog homer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want the Cowboys <laughs> to lose, so I'm going to pick against them. No, it's not just a safe pick, but it's also a smart pick. I feel the same way, which brings me no comfort because once I start getting expectations for the Cowboys, they tend to hurt me. So I don't care I, how many wins they get right now if they can lose early in the playoffs. Don't do that. The Lions emerge as the Super Bowl. What players. I need at this point, I don't think we're going to be able to catch up to the Eagles to win the division. Cowboys need to just stay in the fifth seed. Because that means they play the NFC South first round, which is like a bye week. That's as close as you can get to a bye week for sure. Exactly. So just stick with what you're doing. Okay. I don't, like I said, I don't see a world where they're going to be able to catch the Eagles at this point. Eagles took care of business. 10 to one. They don't have, they're getting through their tough part of their stretch of their season Mm -hmm. pretty well. Obviously they're winning. Yes. I want to talk about them next, so we'll get into that in just a second. But there's okay. not that many more du- uh, L's on their schedule, regardless Agreed. of what we're thinking for this week. There's just not that many. I do and think do the Cowboys are going to be pretty hot. 49ers playing the Eagles. Two of the hottest teams in the NFC. Two Ooh. of the four hottest, three hottest. That's fair. That's it should fair. be a fantastic matchup. Can the <sighs> Eagles bullshit finally end? Where is it at? Is it in Candlestick or is it in the link? Let's take a look. It's at the link. Of course. It's at the link. And they've got the Eagles are at minus three. 
So essentially, it's kind of a tie. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I think they'll have home field advantage with the fans and the refs. They keep finding fucking ways to win. I do absolutely hate it. Yeah, it looks like the 49ers are the, the favorites, right? Yeah. Oh, I told you I don't see too many dub, like too many L's. I, I'm, this is going to be one of them. I'm going to change. I'm going to go with it. 49ers get it. This is going to be one of those 49ers. Like, two or three L's. That the okay. I think their bullshit ends. The 49ers have been playing hot. They've been playing very good. Yeah, it does feel like another team that could take advantage of some of their problems. It's also okay. a great D line might be able to control Jalen Hurts. Not only that, but I think Lane Johnson is questionable with a groin injury. That would be phenomenal. So if your backup right tackle is going against Nick Bosa and Chase Young, and then you're rotating in Randy Gregory, that could be an issue. So okay, I'm going Eagles. You're going 49ers. I'll roll with them. Let's make it happen. All right, okay. And then this game, I honestly don't care about like who wins, but I think it's important for playoff implications. That's going to be the Broncos and the Texans. That's the game I wanted to make sure we also talked about. Because, yeah, oh. right, super important. Broncos have now run five in a row. Mm-hmm. And we've obviously talked a ton about the Texans lately. Ooh, it's hard. I want to roll with the Texans because they're my – like. I've been with them. I've been with them for a while now. We know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but okay. the Broncos have been playing not necessarily great, but good enough to win, right? Like, they're getting those wins. It's been a little bit dirty, too. Like, not mm-hmm. the best wins, but, hey, a W, a W. It's true. And that, I think that defense. Said, Fuck it. The Texans are going to get their comeback win. Yeah, comeback oh, okay. Win. They're going to get back. To they're going to the bounce back. Yeah. They're going to bounce back. Bounce back win. Okay. I mean, as it stands right now, there's a chance that the Broncos can make the playoffs. They are playing that way. I would love it, actually. Just for no other reason than for Sean Payton to come out and be like, remember all that shit I was talking (laughs) in the beginning of the season? Yeah. He would have the biggest BDE. It's already giant. And then. Oh, absolutely. Like for no other reason than to watch his victory lap. (laughs) That's it. Especially with the Jets taking. Oof. I exactly. Oh man. Like his first press conference, what does he come out and do? And he says that Daniel Hackett might've done the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL that I've ever seen. And then he comes out and he's like, I took this team to the playoffs. <laughs> I did that. And then the jets offense has been how good. Oh, that's right. <laughs> They're like the <laughs> worst offense. Perfect. <laughs> that's too good. Like That's I said, true. I don't care who, I don't That's care true. like about the actual game itself. The playoff implications matter to me. Oh, it's huge for the AFC playoffs. Oh, so, it's so good. They both. I, That's what I love about. Want to win right now? So. Exactly. That's what I love about like, like second half of the season football because you're not really worried about the the win itself or the the like the detailed part of it it's the outside view like okay what does this do to your seating what does this do for other teams putting the pressure on them cuz the bills as it stands right now they're not in the playoffs they might right? be on the outside looking in they need exactly. to lose and they, and they if I remember right start winning some more too and if i remember right weren't they your pick uh, why, you, why, why you got to do this i don't do this to you <laughs> when all of your many wrong takes Whoa, whoa, whoa. I can only think of like eight offhand. Didn't you pick the Jets to win? 
Yeah. Mm, that doesn't sound familiar. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> we both were way wrong on that AFC. Yeah. AFC Who, East. How are we to know that the complete AFC East is just terrible? Like, it, going into it, we thought, like, oh, that's going to be one of the most competitive divisions in football. No, it really wasn't. It was always going to be the Dolphins to win. Clearly. Well, it took an Aaron Rodgers, what, AC, I can't remember what injury. Uh, Achilles, yeah. Achilles tear, and then uh, brain fire. Uh, Josh Allen's turnover (laughs) problem. (laughs) Rearing its ugly head with all the other issues that kind of have been compounding on that Bills team. Uh, I wanted to believe in Josh Allen and his ability to elevate. But... Even since the off season, you knew that this was going to be a, like this wasn't going to be exactly what was going to happen because there were some issues already going in the season with Stefan Diggs and all the the drama off the field. Like it was going to happen this way. So I take no comfort in seeing your pain, just like you see, you find zero comfort in my pain. Exactly, we both are very supportive of each other it, at all times. Exactly. Okay. This podcast is also a support group for us. So this works well. we talked about. It's the therapy that you'll never go get. Exactly. Okay. Whenever you're at your next family function and everyone's asking how you're doing, you can say, well, I've been seeing a therapy group and they've been helping me work through some things. Like they've been helping me work through some stuff. There you go. Before we end, because you Mm -hmm. said it was like a buy, the NFC South winner right now is the Falcons at five (laughs) and six. Oh my god. It goes like 10 and 1, 8 and 3, 8 and 3, 5 and 6, 8 and 3, and then 6 and 5, 6 and 6. Matt, Oof. It, let me tell you. There's four teams in the AFC, and it, I hate it that one of those is the Cowboys. If I have to play the Falcons, I'm getting somebody pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to play the Bucks, I'm getting two people pregnant. If I have to play the Saints, I might just take the hand job like that. That's the team. I'm like, ah, I really don't want to go up against Cam Jordan. Right. And then what's the last team in the NF- NFC South? Bucks, uh, Saints, Panthers. Pan- they can't. They're <laughs> We're out. not worried about that. That's, no. a, that's a three team race. Yeah. <laughs> that's a three team race. I mean, it <laughs> is because the third team is the Bucks at four and seven. So there's one. It's, it's an open race right now, though. It's competitive. I love it. I freaking love it. Hey, the- dude. As much as we could, the NFC East was there not too long ago. It's true. We were the laughing stock of the league not too well, long ago. Well, so I can change quick in this league. Hence the reason I can relish it because I know what it felt like. There you go. Okay. Matt, Matt, One if, day, we play the, Matt if we play the Falcons the first round, oh, dude, I'm taking off that Monday because I know I'm going to be just, I'm going to be outside <laughs> of my mind. I already uh, know. Now, that, that first week is a dub, and then I need. The second or third week to find the L. Has there ever been a situation where the starters were sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter in the playoffs? I don't know. Huh. Well, I guess we'll find out when the Fox research is like, (laughs) not a single starter played. Huh. I was, this is just a stat that I saw. Uh, Dak Prescott has sat on the bench in the fourth quarter, the equivalent of a full game in two overtimes this entire season. Wow. that's how good they've been playing and how terrible the other teams are that they've been playing. But, whoo, man, you want to keep that train going? I'm good for it. I think you said it right, though. They've been playing terrible teams. So 
Let's see against a good opponent. Oh, don't talk that <laughs> shit, Matt. Don't talk that shit. For those who stuck around, like you can see Will getting all goaded. He's getting hot. <laughs> all right. Well, hey guys, as always, this has been another fun episode. Uh, cannot wait to get back to you guys next week. Yeah, it's getting better and better as the playoffs are quickly getting here. Till next week. See y'all. Can't wait. <laughs> Bye. Later's. <laughs>